Welcome to the Runners Who Wine podcast. I'm your co-host, Nicole, a certified personal trainer, runner, and self-proclaimed wine connoisseur. And with me is the always amazing Anne-Marie. She's a DVRT master instructor, fellow runner, and wine lover. This podcast is your jam if you're looking for authentic, unfiltered product reviews, information on all things running, and real talk regarding everything that fuels our runs, including a big old glass of wine. So pour yourself a glass and let's get started. Anne-Marie, Anne-Marie, Anne-Marie. Well, hello, Nicole. <laughs> How's it going? Uh, you know, it's going all right. It's fine, it's fine. <laughs> it is Friday, so I'm happy about that. Friday. I've been loving our Friday recording sessions. Me too. Usually it means that I just indulge in happy hour really early. Yeah. I'm not today, though. Oh, man. I well, know. you have a race tonight. I do. Yeah, I have it. It's just a 5K, um, but it's a nighttime 5K. It's called the Freeze Out 5K. And it's for a good cause. It's um, it's for, to benefit, I guess, the is the right word, but um, the homeless in Syracuse. So it's for the rescue mission. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Um, it's a great event, a great race. So if you're local and you haven't done it, then you should most certainly consider it. Um, but yeah, so no Friday happy hour for me today. Well, what wine will you be having to celebrate after the race? Um, I ha- Okay, that is a good question. I have a bottle of Matua that I have opened and didn't finish, which is rare for me, <laughs> but it's in my fridge. So Matua is a Sauvignon Blanc. Um, yeah. And I think just because it's nice and fresh and crisp, um, and it'll be cold right after running, it should feel, um, it should be a nice celebratory glass of wine. Yeah. That sounds good. I know that's one of your go-tos. It is one of my go-tos. I've used, or I've, uh, enjoyed it on the show in the past. Sorry. I'm like, like a tired today. Uh, I need to pep up. Uh, how about you? What are you drinking? Um, I... Well, later. I'm also not drinking right now, only because it's noon, so it's a little too early. I still have work to do today. I know. I know. But I will have some later because Will and I are going on vacation next week. So I'm going to just like start happy hour and start vacay. I would. Where are you going? We're going to the Bahamas. Of course you are. You always go to like fun places. <laughs> I mean, vacation is for fun places, right? That is true. Yes. Um, so yeah, we're going to the Bahamas for a week with some friends. Should be awesome. I'm Very excited. Cool. But I, uh, Will and I opened a bottle of wine on Wednesday for Wine Wednesday. Um, so I'll probably finish that tonight. It is a Carminiere, I think. Uh, I'm sure, as always, I'm butchering how it's pronounced. But it's a Chilean wine from Casiero del Diablo, um, which is, we, Will and I both really like their uh, reds that they have. Mm-hmm. Um, so a little description on the bottle here. So more than 100 years ago, Don, this is in like a really, like, tiny script <laughs> is it in cursive you can't read it's it in it's yeah it's in cursive <laughs> and it's like super cursive like super like curvy sure. and slanted anyway i'm gonna do my best more than 100 years ago don Me- uh 
Melchor del Concha y Toro. Some some dude. You definitely uh, nailed it. I I know. I know. You don't have to tell me. Uh, more than 100 years ago, some dude in Chile set, that's what it says, set aside some of his best, uh, best wines. Uh, to keep strangers away, he spread the rumor that the devil lived in his cellar. Hence oh the name God. Casiero del Diablo. Oh. Um, and. Wait, wait, this was in Chile? Yeah. Oh, okay. Sorry. I watched a ghost hunters thing and there was, uh, they said there was a devil in the basement in some hotel, but continue. Interesting. (laughs) Yeah. Like yesterday I watched that. So, okay. Not spooked at all. Continue. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, It has winemakers notes on the back. Uh, Chocolate, coffee, and spice combined with raspberries and blackberries in this Carmenere, Chile's very own grape. Perfect for tasty winter stews, grilled summer barbecues, and podcast dates. Oh, I, I think you took a little liberty with that label. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah. <laughs> well, it sounds lovely. It's um, delicious. <laughs> oh, goodness. Anyway. Uh, yeah. Anyway, uh, today um, we are going to be talking about most common running mistakes. Yes. And perfect because I just signed up for my first half marathon in a while. I saw that on Instagram. Yeah. I'm, I feel like I'm finally excited about it. I'm not like dreading it. I feel like I got the, got the bug again. You took off your time. The, the burnout time has worn off. Yeah. I mean, I took like all last year to not do distances and just do five Ks and 10 Ks. And I really, really enjoyed it. Um, but I went to watch the Austin Marathon last weekend, and I just started Ooh. getting the itch. I don't the know. The itch, 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 so itch, I signed up for one, a local one, in April. Uh, so I have about eight weeks to train. So this will be a good refresher for me. <laughs> like reminders. As I reminder, you can't go the again. pace that you did at the last one you trained for 12 weeks. <laughs> yeah, you're probably right. <laughs> so have fun with it. <laughs> and Maria's like, you're not going to PR, Nicole, okay? <laughs> Uh, that's not nice, but I'm just trying to keep it logical. <laughs> I think one of the mistakes that we make is we get really lofty goals when we get excited, right? So like, oh my God, I just signed up for this half and it's awesome. And I just watched all these like super duper athletic marathoners run by. So I'm going to like go out and, you know, I want to feel that I want that high and that's great. But, uh, yeah, if you're not going to spend like the given time to train for it, then yeah, I think you're right. I also think like I have it I have my 5k and 10k paces in my head now, which are mm-hmm. faster than my Absolutely. half marathon pace ever was. So I need to remind myself that my half pace is not going to be my 10k pace. There is a chart you can use to convert that um that um oh my gosh. I am dry. I need more coffee or something. Apparently, if I'm not drinking, I'm not capable of thinking. (laughs) Um, There is a chart, and I can't think of the name of the guy, but um, I should look this up because I'm a running coach. Anyway, um, that you can use to convert your 5K or 10K pace to see what it should be for your half marathon pace. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. um, Um, If I had my. You're going to be in charge of finding that so we can look at (laughs) it. 
Um, let me Google. So why don't you talk? (laughs) (laughs) Um, okay. So I think, um, you know, I've learned a lot in my time running and I think I've mentioned in past episodes that one of the mistakes I made when I was training for my first half and my first marathon was I was not fueling properly. Mm -hmm. So I, I wasn't taking in the proper amount of carbs that you're supposed to take in as you're training. Um, and I think typically what's recommended is a hundred grams of carbs for every hour of exercise. Right. So when you are doing long distances, um, and you start training and start running for over an hour, you need to be consuming something during your runs, whether Mm -hmm. it's goos or gels, or, um, I like the, like gummy chews, the like pro bar bolt chews. Um, so, and how you take them depends on how you like to take them. Some people take them once every hour. Uh, I started doing like a few chews every 20 minutes or so just to space it out. Um, but it, it helps so you don't hit that bonk or that wall. Uh, I remember one half I was doing and I was like seven miles in and I was like, why am I so unbelievably exhausted and out of it and I realized I hadn't had any of my chews that I was supposed to have right so So the I think the important thing is to fuel before you feel tired yes um yeah and I personally like to especially for like the half marathon distance I do two chews every two miles yeah yep exactly so I just kind of just to keep myself consistent and so that I don't forget you know what I mean like oh I'm feeling good it's also a really nice way to break up your run into like quick little segments. Of, I do that too. Cause yeah. it's like sweet, like two more miles and like uh, I get to treat myself. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, sorry. I'm making noise over here. So I found the chart. Um, my brain fart couldn't think of the name Ambie Burfoot. It's, uh, uh I mean, I yeah. don't really blame you for that one. <laughs> no, I should stick in my mind, but, uh, it's, the Roadrunners Club of America it uses it as a pace chart. So what is your like 5k time then? Um my well the only 5k time that I have it was a little over a 5k actually. It ended mm. up being like 3.3 miles which was kind mm-hmm. of annoying. But my Yeah, that is my. I think it was like 26 minutes and 27 seconds or something like that. All right. So let's look if I'm looking at this chart, oh, I scrolled down too far. If I am going to reference the chart, you can go to like the 5k. Now, when did you run that? Uh October. All right, let's give you some credit and say that it was 26 minutes flat cuz this isn't like perfect. So okay. Uh, well, you said 26 what? 26? 20, it was like 26 and a half, but it was a little over. Oh, all right. There is a 26 and a half. So if I scan over from like a 5K that you ran in uh, 26 and a half minutes, which is an 832 pace, and I go over to a half marathon, that translates into like a nine minute and 21 second pace. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Um, I think I can do faster than that. <laughs> I, I think you can too, but that would be like your, the pace that, I mean, cause it sounds like your easy long run pace for your training pace should be like 10 minutes and 46 oh, seconds. Oh no. I know it's really hard. Um, but yeah, so if you can, I'm sure you can do a nine twenty one pace for a half, but. Or maybe, so my half PR pace is eight twenty three. Mm-hmm. So, so I mean, if maybe I were- my 5k pace is just not 
up to snuff. It could be because <laughs> if I if I looked at the half marathon pace at eight twenty eight, that means that you should be able to run a twenty four minute five k at a seven forty four pace. <laughs> <laughs> That's, that's a funny joke. It was, isn't it? Yeah, it's it's not a. Per- I don't think it's perfect. Um, the chart because if I look and like say I can run, like I don't know, and with like say like around eight minutes and eighteen second for a half marathon, say that's my pace. That says I should be able to do a twenty three thirty, which I could do if the conditions were cor- like right, and right, I was really pushing right. myself. But yeah. So I don't know, like, just have fun with it. Don't push yourself too hard. It's your first one after a year and a half. So I know you're right. I know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, And if I were to, if I were to coach you, another common running mistake would, especially in races when your adrenaline's going and you just want to get going, um, is starting out too fast. Yes, I have made that mistake not not even when I was a beginner. Like I made that mistake like at a race last year and it killed me. I'm sure it did. It will kill you. Like I do it sometimes still too, just because I'm like, I get anxious. Like I have real bad anxiety. Um, and I try to like tell myself, like I, it helps if I kind of put myself in the, like not upfront, <laughs> especially at some of like the smaller races. And I kind of put myself in the middle because then I am there's like the intention, like I have to slow down because there's people that are slower than me in front of me. So yeah. like there's like more of a progressive start. But another way to train yourself so you're not just like throwing yourself into like race day thinking I got to pace myself is to, to actually practice progressive runs. It's harder to do on the pavement, but it's really easy to do on the treadmill. So every mile I'll go up like, you know, in speed so that I'm my last mile, whether it's a three mile run or like it, and it works better for like a five or six mile run. It's progressive. So I'm finishing the, my last mile is the fastest. It's a really good tip. It's, Thank you. Uh, like you're a running coach or something. I, 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 yeah. I mean, I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I think there are a lot of factors that contribute to the going out fast thing. One of course is the adrenaline. Mm-hmm. Two is like you said, it, it, race starts are always crowded. So there's this kind of desire to get ahead of the crowd or find your space faster. Mm -hmm. Um, So you kind of want to sprint ahead to like get in your own little bubble. Yep. Um, And then there's also just, there's people passing you and you're like, well, what the fuck? Why am I running so slow? I should be running faster. And and that's not always the case. Like I've, I've started races in the corral that I'm supposed to be in, like in surrounded by people that are supposed to be my same pace, but maybe those people are starting out faster or maybe those people are actually faster than the pace group that they're in. Right. And all of a sudden these people are passing me and I'm like, am I going slow? Am I like, I have to look at my watch to see what pace I'm going. Cause I feel like I'm getting like just passed mm-hmm. up and I'm lagging behind. Um, and it's not always the case that you're like, sometimes you're spot on and sometimes you're going too fast. Yeah. Um, it, it is hard, like, especially in the first mile of the race to really determine where you're at. Yeah. Um, because your watch is just starting and you have to kind of more go by feel and not let that adrenaline like take you too 
far too fast too soon. Yeah. And I think if there are pacers at the race, yes. um, stick with them. Cause absolutely. That's a really good tip. They're, um, for the most part, they should be, they should be trustworthy and good with the pace and they should, maybe we shouldn't ever fast. be pacers. No, I'm just I saying. could <laughs> never be a pacer, Anne-Marie. I could never do it. It is. Um, it would be hard. It takes so much like, I mean, first of all, my paces are never like the same the whole race. I'm mm-hmm. always like up and down. I have faster miles and slower miles and pacers are like, they're supposed to be consistent, you know? It takes a lot of discipline. It takes a lot of I discipline, would, especially yeah. because usually if you're pacing a group, you can typically run a lot faster than that. Oh, right. So, so you're like, no, I have to stay here. Yeah. I got, I would get mad. Like I had, to, I played a catch up in the Buffalo half marathon that I did. Cause I started way back and I started out slow and I was trying to get faster and it was really, it was like a hundred percent humidity. It was literally so foggy. You couldn't see in front of you, but like I was getting mad cause I'm seeing like, you know, 215 pace group and I'm like why am I behind them because like, <laughs> I was trying to play catch up the whole time right it, it did motivate me to keep running faster so yeah um, but I did uh, so I remember one race where I really started out too fast and it really bit me in the butt um it was the rock and roll Philadelphia half marathon mm-hmm. and I started out and I knew I was going too fast but I was feeling really good And I was like, you know, I feel like I can keep this up. And three miles in, I was like, I can't keep this up. Right. And I got, I got so nauseous from just going too fast Mm -hmm. and just so tired. And like, I was, I just slowed down so much and I couldn't even hit my normal paces because I Uh, just burnt out my legs and ended up being like such a rough race oh that yeah that sucks don't do that yeah so (laughs) it's not fun it's It's not not fun fun. no um other things I think that are common are adding mileage too quickly Mm -hmm. uh, especially if you have a condensed race timeline like Like I do right now (laughs) I mean fortunately like it's not like I haven't been running at all I've still been running but I did make a plan for myself that gradually increases I think the rule is like no more than 10 percent each week that you're supposed to increase your mileage Mm -hmm. um so you know don't don't go from running three miles a day two days a week to running five miles a day four days a week um, right. Yeah. You need, you need to ease into it and ease up so that you don't get injured. It, yeah. So you don't get injured. So you don't get burnt out. Like it's just, you really have to just train like for a long time, you kind of have to build that foundation. Like another mistake, I guess in the, in the same breath is like not having a foundation and then just like trying to go at it. I mean, it's the same thing you're saying, but it's just, especially if you're you've done it before. You're like, Oh, I've done this before. It's no big deal. But you have only been focusing on strength training and you haven't been doing any endurance type, you know, workouts. And then you go back to trying to do long runs. Um, don't try to do too much too soon, like without having that foundation there. Cause you are going to get hurt. Yeah. And I think also having a foundation for each run you do. And mm-hmm. what I mean by that is like basically doing a warm up and if you don't have time to do a warm up like dynamic stretching or something like that, treat your first mile as if it's a warm up. 
So Absolutely. don't go out and sprint your first mile. Make sure you're going at a slower than usual pace to ease your body into it, especially if you're working out first thing in the morning before your coffee. who does that I did that today and it was oh my god that's terrible (laughs) I need coffee or I am not a human Uh, I what is uh, my mug today says something like coffee spelled backwards is e-e I can't do it in my head f-f-o-c which is like uh I don't give a fuck about anything (laughs) unless I've had my coffee that's amazing I need one yeah Right. Um, yeah. So that's important. And I, I think the other thing too, like, don't like if your training plan calls for like intervals or something, like, don't try to go out and like kill it. Like when you said foundation for each type of run, like, or I, I also was thinking like, maybe you really enjoy the long runs because going at a slow pace and taking in nature and listening to your music or getting lost in a podcast like is enjoyable to you but maybe like those speed workouts aren't but they might be necessary for you to reach your goal don't try to just go into your speed workout looking to kill it just because you want to get it over with you have to build a foundation and if you have a proper training plan it should do that for you it should start you up you know shorter distances with a little bit slower pace at first and then you're building up something you're building that foundation for that kind of workout so that you can not get frustrated (laughs) with it yeah yeah and I think you hit upon another point too which is making sure you're switching up the type of runs and workouts that you do Mm -hmm. Uh, if you are just constantly running a slow pace the same route the same terrain Mm -hmm. um one you're gonna get bored out of your fucking mind (laughs) but two Two, you're not going to be doing your muscles or your training any justice. Um, It's good to mix in speed workouts, interval workouts, hill workouts. It's good to mix up your route. It's good to train on the type of terrain that you'll be racing on. Mm -hmm. So if it's a hilly course, make sure you're training on hills. If it's... uh, if it's a trail course, obviously make sure you're training on trails or, or something that mimics the trails. It's not, right, I, right. as somebody who did a trail race, it's not, I tried my hardest to get to trails, but like it was, you know, I could only get there once a week. Um, yeah, yeah, and, yeah. Not every run, but you know, you should be doing something that is going to benefit and build the muscles that you need for that course. So like another mistake is not looking at the course before (laughs) you run it listen I'm preaching to myself here but like yeah signing up for a race and be like it's fine and then finally like you know the night before looking at the course and being like shit it's not just a 15k it's a 15k with you know elevation (laughs) like I should have been or like there's like hills in there I should have been doing more hill workouts so train for the race that you're running. <laughs> Don't. Right. Yeah. I mean, the, the Austin marathon that was last weekend here, um, is a very hilly course, but I think one of the hardest parts of it is there is a huge hill at the end of the course. Mm-hmm. So that's something to take into consideration too. Like you might be able to do hills when you're six miles into a marathon, but can you do a hill at mile 25? Right. That's really important is building, that strength during like a period of fatigue. So just really adjusting your training plan to fit the goals and the dynamics and like the race, you know what I mean? Yeah. And also cross training. Um, Mm -hmm. You have to work other muscles to both build strength and stamina throughout your body, but also make sure that you're balancing things out. So 
you're not just running and building those running muscles in your legs, but you're also doing some upper body work and you're doing some lower body work to work muscles in your legs that don't even work when you're running. Mm-hmm. Um, to, they need your supporting muscles to yeah. help your, uh, in the muscles that you and, are working. And I'm sorry, go ahead. No, no, no. I was going to say core work, especially. Um, yes. Because the core. The core helps you hold up your upper body, right? And people don't really think about needing to do upper body strength training, but it's really imperative um, because once you start to get fatigued in your longer runs, you're going to need that upper body strength to hold you up. So, you know, you need to perfect, like really pay attention to your arm swing so that you're not slouching, so that you're breathing properly. Make sure that, you know, you're holding your chest in a way that's you're not you're like a lot of people end up with like tightness and tension in like their lower back or in their shoulders and their neck. And that's because they're getting fatigued and they're, they don't have the strength to hold themselves up while they're running. Yeah. So yeah, sorry. That would sounded a really jumbled, but you know what I mean, but your core strength comes into it too. So just really focusing like on the days, maybe you're not running. I'm personally not an everyday runner. So on the days I'm not running, I'm doing something to support, running strength. Yeah. And I'm a huge fan of like weightlifting and Mm -hmm. stuff like that versus other types of cardio workouts. Mm -hmm. Um, just because you get so much cardio in when you're running that it's good Mm -hmm. to get in something else. But as long as you're doing something other than running that works different muscles, um, that's a different type of workout. Um, I think you'll be good. Yeah, for sure. Um, and it doesn't have to be anything like long it can be like a half an hour yeah 20 minutes something just to help um support those goals um you know uh I mean there's a really like rookie mistakes like wrong shoes mm-hmm. wrong clothes Eating those are like Vaseline at the race oh <laughs> have you not seen those no at, at uh at a lot of races halves and fulls they'll the like medical tent will have popsicle sticks and at the end of the popsicle stick is Vaseline, but it looks like it could be a goo or a gel of some kind. Ew. And I've heard, I've never done this, but I've heard that a few people don't realize it's Vaseline and think that it's a chew and eat it. What an unwelcome surprise that might be. Yeah. So don't eat Vaseline. Uh, <laughs> uh... On the same note, if you're running a race and it's very celebratory, like, I don't know, a St. Patrick's Day themed race or something along those lines, uh, be careful what cup you grab because (laughs) (laughs) somebody could be offering you beer or, I don't know, whiskey, (laughs) and you might not want (laughs) My sister-in-law just did that at her first half last weekend. (laughs) And she, she grabbed a cup. She thought it was noon. And it was beer. <laughs> she was like, ah! <laughs> oh, I've done it on purpose, like, for fun. Um, I actually did it on accident once during our mountain goat race. And I thought somebody was handing, I don't know what I thought it was, like Gatorade or something. I don't know. I was, like, really thirsty. And you get kind of, like, whatever. And I just flipped it into my mouth. And it was, like, Guinness or something. I don't know. But nothing I wanted at the time. <laughs> it was not okay. Uh, Yeah, so that's just like a rookie, like, watch what you're taking on the course. (laughs) It might not be what you think. I think another one that not just newbie runners do, but I think that we all do, is try to make up miles that we might have missed. Oh, yeah. Um, If you get sick or you're traveling or just something happens that you can't fit in one of your training runs, 
just you skipped it. Just skip it. Skip if, it. If it's just one run, it's not going to hurt you. Don't try to make up the miles by adding four miles to your long run or doing yeah, double stupid. long runs that week or whatever. Just let it go. That's as, how you get injured. Elsa would say, "Let it go." I can't sing. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, we just lost all of our listeners. And we're singing and we're done. And we're done. That actually really wasn't so bad. It's actually terrible, but thank you. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, I don't know. I don't, I mean, I'm sure I could come up with a million running mistakes, but these are like some of the more common ones that like, you still tend to make even if somebody's already told you not to make them? I think one last one, I mean, I'm saying it's the last one. Hopefully it's the last one. (laughs) But um, is not respecting the taper. Ooh, that's a good one. So, yeah, a lot of people are, are, they don't, especially if you have a shorter training cycle, you're like, I'm just going to keep running all the way up until the race and I'm going to do 12 miles the weekend before my half marathon. And you need to allow your body some time to rest. That way it can perform its best come race day. Um, so. if it, if, and I'm not saying that you're wrong because I think you're very right. But there are some people, and I've done this before, where I've used a race as a training run. So that's different. Yes, that is I don't different. If you, anybody. if you are training for a marathon and you have a half marathon during your training, right. like by all – like you're not necessarily tapering before your half marathon that I totally get. I've done, I've done that. I've done like where I had a 17 mile run. So I went out and I ran four miles before my half marathon and then I ran Mm -hmm. my half marathon. But if this is your race, this is your goal race. You have no other races afterwards. Respect the taper, take it, give yourself some time to do some shorter runs, let your body recover so that come race day, you are primed and ready to crush it. Yes, yes, I agree. I am all about less is more. Less is more. <laughs> and on that note, as I said, I knew it wasn't going to be the last thing. Oh. Um, <laughs> um, I think there's also a misconception, especially for new runners, that you have to run the distance of your race before race day. Oh. Um, and that's not true I think before my first half the longest I ran was 10 miles Mm -hmm. um and I know it makes people nervous like I've only run 10 miles how do I know I'm going to be able to run 13.1 uh and you just have to trust that the adrenaline and the excitement of race day plus the fact that you've been training and you will be able to increase your mileage by three more will carry you through yeah yeah absolutely you got to trust the training Sure. And everyone's different. Like some people like to, um, some people like to do 12 miles. Some people just like to do the full, the full shebang. Um, but I, I don't think you need to. I think it depends on your goal. I've done, if I was looking to just finish it and kind of, you know, have fun with it, I didn't, and not even just have fun with it, but kind of not push it, I should say. Um, I haven't trained up to the 13 miles, but I've done training plans when I was really looking to like dig deep, try to PR and I've gone up to 15 miles in the training cycle. So interesting. I, yeah, Mm -hmm. that's a good point. If you're trying to really push your pace, um, it, in that sense, it does make sense to go higher so that you have more energy. 
There's so much conflicting running advice out there. You're going to have to find what fits for you ultimately, like a training plan that is a good fit for you. And I think that the, and I'm not like saying come work with like me as a running coach, but like think if you really are serious about your goal and, or if tackling a long distance, a half marathon or a marathon is too overwhelming, but it is a goal of yours. Like this is why you work with a running coach. Cause they can kind of talk to you, feel it out see what it is that makes sense for you and then develop the plan so that it's not too easy or too hard and it can still help you accomplish your goals. Yeah. Running coaches are awesome for, I mean, so many reasons. I used one when I had a marathon goal. Um, even though I'd run a million races and I'd made myself plans in the past that had worked, like I had a really big goal that I wanted to tackle and I wanted to have someone to hold me accountable and help me make a plan that would allow me to reach my goals. So if you need a running coach, I know a good one. My name is Marie. Uh, oh, hi. Uh, uh, yeah, I, I, I don't really actively take clients, but you're welcome to message me if you have a question. <laughs> and Marie's like, no, I don't want you. No, I'm, I'm too lazy. I'm just kidding. Uh, no, but I do have a running club and I do work with runners face-to-face. I, I prefer like face-to-face, so I think it's easier. Coaching over the internet is really hard not going to lie. Um, so yeah, I don't know, but those are the common running mistakes. Don't start out too fast. Don't do too much too soon. Uh, fuel properly, hydrate, wear the right shoes. Um, if you are wondering how, you know, if you have the right shoes, you probably need new shoes. (laughs) That is a good point. If your if your ankles hurt you when you run, if your lower back hurts you when you run, uh, if you feel like you don't have enough cushioning, if any of those things, um, if you have plantar fasciitis, (laughs) yes, yes. When in doubt, go to a running store, get fitted by a professional. And there's not I, people, this is, a, I think, kind of a rookie question, but I always am asked, so what running shoes should I wear? I'm like, I have no idea. Yeah. I'm like, you, everybody's foot's different. Go get fitted, figure it out. I personally need inserts. Like, there's a lot of people that do, but, you know, and inserts meaning orthotics, but, um, you know, there's just go get fitted. See what feels comfortable. Try a few different pairs out. It's kind of like dating. Yeah, it is. Some people like cushions, some people don't, some people need stability shoes, some people don't. Right. Um, and also, like, you might have a pair that you love and you think is great, and all of a sudden the cushioning wears out and you're past your their mile limit, and all of a sudden they're not comfortable and they start hurting you, and that's when it's time to get a new pair. Yeah, I get really uncomfortable when I look down at people's feet and see that they're running in shoes that clearly should not be on the road anymore. I'm like, don't your knees hurt? Yeah. I had had a pair of shoes and I was tracking the mileage like very closely. And Mm -hmm. like between 300 and 500 miles, you're supposed to retire them. And that's a big range. I mean, that's a 200 mile range. Absolutely. So I had shoes and they had like just passed the 300 mile mark. And I was like, all right, well, I'm going to like just see how long they last and I went out for just a fun 5k and came back and my back was killing me and I was like all right that means it's time that means it's time yeah most watches like 
I think the Garmin app itself, like if you connect and you have a Garmin watch, like it tracks how many miles you run in your shoe if you track your runs. Yeah, Strava does too. You can select oh, the okay. shoe that you run in so that yeah. you can track your mileage. It's yeah, like, yeah, yeah, It's a nifty feature. It is a nifty feature because I would normally just be like, I don't know, I think I ran um, approximately this many miles this year. Yeah. <laughs> um, but you should really keep track. It is important. And I think also um, like – your running shoes are your running shoes. Don't use them as your daily walk around shoes. Good point. We, we're like five points past. I know. Like all our the last other points. Yeah, our <laughs> last point. See, I told this could literally go on for two hours, I feel like. So, because <laughs> we've made so many mistakes. <laughs> <laughs> we, yeah, exactly. <laughs> no better to ask than us because we've all been there. Yeah. Yep. Oh my goodness. Um, sorry. Are you hearing buzzes on your end? No. Are you popular again? Yeah, and it's not Facebook this time. It's my mom on my text messages. <laughs> <laughs> damn it, mom! I'm recording she's, my podcast. God damn it, mom! Get out of here. <laughs> uh, she's telling me what she ate for lunch. Like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> like cool, mom. Thanks. <laughs> Anyway, on that note. Uh, well, I hope you have a wonderful race tonight. Uh, thank you. I'm I'm really just looking to have fun with it. But I generally tend to go a little bit faster than I mean to because it's cold. I don't <laughs> so, know. Yeah, yeah. So I just want to get – and there's like a bomb like after party inside. And that's all I want to get to. <laughs> so, well, I hope yeah. they have wine. They don't. They have beer. I won't be drinking. Um, they do have some really good food vendors, so I might eat something. Okay, good. Yeah. Well, I hope you have fun in the Bahamas. Thanks. Uh, I'm going to try to squeeze a run or two in while I'm there. Yeah. Sh- share pictures. Of course. All right. Of course. You better. <laughs> um. Well, thanks again for listening. Hope we shed some light to help you prevent making the same mistakes that we have made in our running lives. Uh, if you have made any mistakes that you want to share, we'd love to hear them uh, so that we can help other people not make the same ones. Yeah. And if you have any questions, feel free to uh, find us on Instagram. You can message us. Uh, we're at Runners Who Wine. We're also now on Facebook. I'm managing a really crappy facebook page but you can follow us there it's lovely <laughs> Anne Marie does our friday wine selection yeah i try we have like 13 people that like the page or something so come like our page um <laughs> and then you can also email us but you're the one i actually you gave me the password a long time ago i've literally never checked the account so it's runners who wine at gmail.com and nicole will respond to you maybe <laughs> maybe not <laughs> Oh, man. Thanks, guys, for listening. We will be back in two weeks with another amazing episode. Be sure to check out the show notes for everything we chatted about today. And for more from me, Nicole, check out fitfulfocus.com and from Anne-Marie at thefitfoodiemama.com. And for any questions, you can email us at runnerswhowine, that's wine like the beverage, at gmail.com.